It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the American Pipeline podcast uh, presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I am Mike Stevens and sitting virtually across from me is Sydney Wolf from The Rink Live. Sydney, how are you doing? Doing good. Had a nice long break. Was able to get a little bit away from hockey, still watch some hockey, but, uh, you know, it was fun to unplug for a little bit, but then come back and have, you know, tons of hockey and awesome stuff to watch here in this past week. And I know you were pretty busy with World Juniors and all that stuff. So it seems like the start of the year has been a, a pretty busy one for a lot of people. Yeah, it was World Juniors. Incredible experience. Incredible tournament. I mean, it, it was it was amazing. Um, but it was it was quite the the exhausting sort of effort. But love it. A lot of great hockey. Speaking of the World Juniors, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, like I said, great hockey, a lot of great collegiate players, you know, performing really well. For example, Logan Cooley stood out to me like crazy. He was incredible. Um, you know, Adam Fantilli, Fantilli did pretty well. Yada, yada. The list goes on. I've talked enough about, I think, the World Juniors from my perspective. <laughs> I have I have been talking about it and writing about it consistently ever since I was there and then got back. I want to know your thoughts, Sydney. Who stood out for you, at least, from any of the games that you saw? Who, you know, potentially any, any guys who were in the American Pipeline? Yeah, I mean, I've I'm sure on a lot of the other the hockey news podcasts, they've talked a lot about the Canadian players and some of the other players and big prospects. I watched a lot of the uh just insane bronze medal game. I was trying to live tweet it and oh my gosh, it was, it was insane. like it was tweeting nuts. a goal like every 30 seconds almost. It's like I just kept seeing more and more. So I thought that was like one of the most entertaining games. I mean, Logan Cooley like you said was Really, really fun to watch. I also liked watching Jimmy Snuggerud, who I think was like one of our very first players to watch, like when we started this podcast. Yeah, he so was, I think he was the first. Yeah. So it's cool to see that he's just, you know, been really, really good this entire season. And then it was fun because after I watched them in World Juniors, they came and played St. Cloud State. So I went and watched those games. And then I'm sure all those guys were just absolutely exhausted, but they came back and uh, the I think it's four Gophers and then Jack Peart of St. Cloud all played that weekend, and mm. I bet they were just so <laughs> tired from that week. But hey, they all did really good, and yeah, World Juniors absolutely crazy, you know. And for you know all the medal games really, but I thought this was a really fun World Juniors, and yeah, I think everybody when we talked earlier about you know could Fantilli increase his draft stock at all, but nobody's passing Bedard at this point no. after th this tournament. I mean, that's not even, yeah, a talking point anymore. So it makes that episode seem a little, little funny. I mean, mm -hmm. Fantilli's still really good, but yeah, I feel like nobody's even, even close at this point anymore, but yeah, really fun world juniors tournament and yeah, a, a fun way to watch some games to start out the new year. Yeah. Look, it was uh Fantilli. I thought had a good, like he didn't put up a ton of production, but I thought he was very good. Like I thought he was, you know, he's, he showed that he was a, you know, a very positionally sound smart hockey player. You know, he showed some speed. Uh, he showed that he was, you know, he showed he was maybe he was one of the best players, uh, you know, on the ice in, in, in games against players of his age. You know, he was one, he, that's, that's what you want to see from a top two pick is he's one of the best two players on the ice against, you know, 
his his fellow draft uh, his draft stock mates, if you will. But yeah, Connor Bedard. I mean, there's no one going ahead of him. He absolutely <laughs> yeah. tore that tournament up. Like he it was insane. He took he he like grabbed it by the throat from the second that he <laughs> stepped on the ice, and he just did not let go. He w- he played incredible. Um, so it almost overshadowed like a lot of like I even wrote a piece about how Logan Cooley had an incredible tournament. Like he was, I would say, you a know, great, yeah, great throughout the whole thing. I would say other than Bedard, he was the best forward at the tournament. Like he was like he played on he was just like that the clear like offensive leader of the USA. And yet he was getting no headlines, like nothing, because Connor Bedard was scoring like four points a game. Yeah. It was insane. Um yeah, just absolutely nuts. Uh, let's get into some some you know uh, American Pipeline stuff uh, uh, here. Getting back into the swing of things, our regularly scheduled program. Um, Cole Eiserman, uh, not Steve Eiserman, E I S E R M A N. Wanted to make sure because we 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 tripped up on that earlier. Um, he became the 18th U17 player to hit 30 plus goals in a season. Um, that's pretty nuts. Yeah, so I mean, it's still there's still plenty of games left too, so he's got time to just keep on going and keep on scoring and scoring. And he joined some really good uh, player ranks. I think Cole Caulfield holds the most goals scored um, for like a season. I think it's 54 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see if he tries to make a push to pass that. But otherwise, some other players who've done it, Jack Hughes, um, Kessel, and Kane, I believe both did. A while ago as well so you're in pretty good company if you uh get past that that marker and he just seems to be a name that keeps popping up more and more and more so definitely a prospect to keep in and uh back of your mind here coming up in the next year or two absolutely all right moving on minnesota earns a commitment from another incredible hockey name we're getting more of these you know oh as, yeah as names get crazy jackson nevers yeah, so there's a couple of notable commitments. I'm not going to talk about all of them because obviously there was like a million the past few weeks that we took off. Uh, but this one actually I think was just yesterday. Uh, but Jackson Nevers, his older brother Mason actually plays at Minnesota already. So you could kind of see this one coming a little bit. You know, I feel like people tend to go the same route as their family um, a lot of the time. So he's committed there. He's only 17, so it'll be a few years before he hits the ice for the Gophers, but he's currently captain at Edina and leading scorer for the high school team. And his US, I assume he'll be playing USHL like before, after type thing. We'll see what happens with Mm. that. But uh, another good commitment for Minnesota that already has a really strong uh, pipeline for the next couple of years. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Goalie Lucas Massey of Lincoln of the USHL commits to Union. Another big commitment here. Yeah, so again, we just had a few to mention here. He's six foot one, so pretty a pretty decent size. Not super tall, but good, good. You know, over six foot for a goalie, so getting that attention. Point nine oh nine in ten games played so far. On uh, a kind of an interesting path, he came up from the AJHL last year, and then now is in the USHL, and he's from California, so not from like the traditional you know, like Midwest or, or East Coast hockey states. Uh, and we'll see if he decides to go to Union next year or the year after because he's 19. So we'll sort of see what the school's needs are and when he'll head out there. Amazing. All right, moving on. Augustana keeps earning commitments from Minnesota kids. Let's elaborate on that. Yeah. So Augustana is going to be a brand new division one program this fall. They're in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So it's like kind of on that border with Mm -hmm. Minnesota, if you don't know where it is, but uh, they already have a ton of Minnesota kids, especially from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. And they just got even another one. I think there's like three or four now there's 
quite a few. They must really like recruiting from there. They just got one from Easton Young. He's playing for Muskegon. He's 5'11", defenseman, four points in 23 games, so not a ton of points quite yet, but he just came up from high school this past year and had 50 and 28. So really good uh, stats before that. So we'll see again if he heads in uh, this next year or the year after. But Augustana really loving uh, uh, the Minnesota kids. Yet another incredible hockey name. Easton Young. Love it. Yes. Um, speaking of commitments, we're, we're going to even more of them. Nico Rexine or Rexine commits to Colgate. Yeah, this is the last one I wanted to uh, mention. So some pretty decent height, six foot two center from New York, also playing for Muskegon. He'll be heading to Colgate this fall because I believe he runs out of junior eligibility. 15 points in 29 games, pretty good there. Uh, but I think he's on a good trajectory. He actually played in the NAL last year and led his team in points. So obviously he has the potential to be a really top scorer for, for a team, whatever team he's on. So uh, that should be a good pickup there for Colgate. Incredible. Incredible. All right. War Roads, Jason, Shagabay. Now, well, I think, speaking again of great hockey names, like some of these places just have, like Augustana, I think is, is a great is a great name for a program. War Road. I mean, come on. Like that's, Hockey Town, USA. That is that is so quintessential, like American pipeline from a Canadian's perspective. That is so qu- <laughs> oh, quintessential yeah. American pipeline type stuff. War Road. Uh, Jason Shagabay. Um, Shaga Bay, I believe. And keep in mind, it's Jason with a Y. Uh, yes. Passes TJ OG for all uh, TJ Oshi, sorry, for the all time points lead in high school. Yeah. So obviously, that's a pretty big record to break. Uh, if you're Jason Shaga Bay, it was 241 points, and then he got his 242nd, and there's still plenty of games left. Uh, and I've watched Jason play already this year. He's super, super fun to watch. And I think his draft stock is just going to keep increasing here because he's one of those players every time he has the puck, he's like so fun to watch. He's kind of a pest. I feel like he always finds a way to get the puck back no matter where he is on the ice. And then he's always uh, dangerous, always scoring. So really cool to see. And he's currently at 42 points in 12 games. So pretty insane for his final year. And I definitely think he's... Probably the favorite to be Minnesota Mr. Hockey, but we'll see. There's still quite a few games left. I just think we need to take a, a second to to say again, 42 points in 12 yeah, games. Yeah, pretty, pretty ridiculous stat there. Pretty like, good. We were just we were just throwing that out. Like, you know, a guy's on like a five-game point streak. No, he's got 42 points in 12 games. That's well, absolutely- World is like one of the most dominant teams for single a in minnesota they're always like a top team they're always you know one or two it's always world and hermantown if you're if you're from uh minnesota you always know it's world and hermantown are some of the top teams but to have that many points is still you know not an easy thing you still got to be working really hard to to get that many which is crazy nuts all right so now we have sasha teleguin Teleguin. Um, crazy sort of a, a little roller coaster kind of a year for, for this fellow because he goes from the BCHL, then to college, then back to the BCHL, uh, then back to college. What What's going yeah. on? Yeah, so I just wanted to make note of this because I thought it was definitely an, a, a little bit of a strange development path, but I hope it's all working out really good. So obviously rewind a couple years ago, Sasha Teleguin playing for the BCHL for Chilliwack. And then went to UConn, you know, didn't really have an an amazing year, three points in 20 games, but he still played in 20 games. Uh, And then went back to the BCHL, same team for this year, and then now just committed to Lake Superior State. So really just kind of like back and forth type of path here, but I hope it's all going to work out. And then 
hopefully it'll go out to Lake Superior State and uh, find a find a good place there because that's uh, that's got to be hard to do if you're going from like junior hockey to college and then you're back in junior hockey you're likely not taking classes and then going back to college so it's got to be a kind of a hard route to take. And you're just like you're a kid, like yeah, you, you know, like you want you want to have stability, you want to have you know some sort of consistency in your life, and literally going from. <laughs> Uh, what was it? going from the BCHL to college, then back to the BCHL, then back to college. That is, that yeah. is prime. Like this guy's still got to go to school, you know, he's still yeah, got to get so, grades. He's still got to, you know, get like a good grade in math and stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. I, I can't even imagine doing that. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move on to a bit of a more broad picture here. Uh, NCAA, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're getting to the thick of things here uh, um, in the season, which teams are on the bubble to start 2023 20, uh, is what I'll ask you here, just because, I mean, there's a yeah. lot, there's a lot of congestion in the middle there. Yeah. So a lot of people say, well, don't look at the pairwise or anything until closer to the end of the year, but now you have to start kind of looking at it a little bit. Cause you can't just ignore it until the very end. You got to start looking at it. And I feel like with the way college hockey has been this year, it's been really chaotic, lots of upsets. Uh, you can't, I feel like anybody that's below 10 in the pairwise isn't really safe at this point because, you know, 20 teams are going to gonna make it. But with all the upsets that happen, uh, people are going to be winning auto bids. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of really random teams that that get in. So a couple of teams that I thought might be, you know, starting to sweat a little bit because they're kind of at that 15 or 14, 15 and below marker, which means, well, I don't know if you'd be able to get in. You'd have to be kind of lucky or you're going to need a really – strong push here to start the year uh currently tied at 14 is north dakota and michigan state so they're doing pretty good right now being at 14 is a good spot but again i wouldn't call that safe for the tournament necessarily i wouldn't really worry too much about north dakota i feel like they always come back with with a push and i'd be surprised if they you know do worse or something so i'm not too worried about them michigan state uh, we'll have to see. I feel like they were a good team. I think they were one of our teams to watch, but they've had some really odd losses lately uh, and haven't been doing so great. So haven't had the best start to the year. Notre Dame and UConn are tied at 16. Again, that's starting to get towards towards the bottom and towards number 20. So you're going to be want to make it, trying to make a push to the top. And some teams that really are probably sweating it. Minnesota State Mankato, great team last year. And now they've kind of been up and down. Them and Boston College are tied at 18 that's really cutting it close and Providence is at 20. So those are teams that might be in if the tournament was held today, but they're going to need to be getting some wins here if they really want to solidify their spot in the tournament. And then some teams that are just below that Alaska Fairbanks uh, is currently at 21, which is cool to see an independent school, but for them, they don't have a conference tournament. They can't just win an auto bid to, to get in. They have to win solely on the pairwise. They had a huge upset win against Denver, which I think brought them up quite a bit, but they're going to need to make a push to get in. And then some other teams right now that wouldn't be in if it was tournament time, but could be close. Bemidji State, RIT, UMass, right above or past that 20 mark. So those teams all have a shot, but they need to make a push. They need to stay strong, get some wins, stay consistent. Uh, because there's a lot of upsets this year. So I'd say, you know, any of those teams below 10, you got to keep it up. You got to be getting some wins because college hockey is crazy this year. So we'll sort of monitor the pairwise again. It's still a little early, early 2023, but you have to start looking at it a little bit, I feel like right now. And speaking of things to monitor, the Richter award watch list. Yeah, so this actually just came out like 
uh, an hour before we recorded this. Mm -hmm. So I just threw this in, but it's just for the essentially the best goalie in college hockey. So last year, Devin Levi, a really good goaltender, he was able to to get the award and they just put out the watch list of all the different goaltenders who have a shot to get it. It's a it's a pretty big list. So obviously all these people are going to get narrowed down more and more, but there's quite a few names on here. I would say, again, you know, Devin Levi, really, really good goaltender. I think he would have a good shot again at, at the award. And there's a couple other people that are probably going to be making, making runs at it. So that list came out. If you want to see the full list of players, you can look it up. Uh, there's quite a few of them, but uh, those are just the people for like the first big group that they're saying, here's, here's the watch list uh, and we'll see it. Some of the goaltenders start to, you know, be more prominent as the year goes on. Well, speaking of watch lists, we got, we got this, we got Sydney's player to watch of the week. Who is it? Yeah. So my player to watch this week, Stephen Halliday of Ohio state. I thought this was a, a fun one to pick. He's a fourth round pick. Actually, he's a draft pick of Ottawa. Uh, but he's a bigger guy, 6'3", 214, uh, bigger guy, plays center. Uh, as a freshman, currently has 21 points in 22 games, almost a point per game. That's really hard to do in, in college hockey. And that's tied for the team lead in points, which is really cool to see. I believe the player he's tied with, we're actually going to talk about in our uh, draft picks section of the show today uh but he had a crazy season with dubuque last year 95 points in 62 games that's really hard to do in the ushl and now halliday is kind of just tearing it up and i feel like i haven't actually heard too many people talking about it uh an ohio state a team that had some really big wins this past weekend so i feel like the big 10 had some really good teams and now some of the teams like michigan state has had a couple of weird losses now so we'll see if now Ohio State picks it up and they sort of take that spot. We'll see. But uh, Halliday has been really good. Almost a point per game as a freshman. That's hard to do. So I wanted to say, you know, shout out to him. He's doing really good. And he's our he's our player to watch. Keep an, keep an eye on him. Heck yeah. All right. So we've reached our, our prospect recap here of prospects in the American pipeline. And now we're going on to the Chicago Blackhawks. Now the thing about the Blackhawks is they have so many prospects in the American yes, pipeline. Yes, they like, have a lot. <laughs> in absurd amounts. What we're going to do is we're going to try and rapid fire them as much as we can so we're not here all day. Uh, and so why don't we start off with goalie Dominic Bassey of St. Cloud State. Yeah, so a couple of these players, we won't get to mention too much about them because obviously there's way too many of them. Uh, Bassey, I will just say, six-round pick from 2019. He's from Virginia, which I thought was interesting. Not really a state where I hear too many hockey players coming from, uh, but he's a really tall guy. He's six foot six, so big guy. I'm sure that grabs the attention of a lot of a lot of teams. He played for Colorado College for two years, now is at St. Cloud. He is on that Richter watch list, uh, and he currently has a 930 and nine games played. He's been splitting half and half with St. Cloud. I know we have plenty on him on the rink live because obviously we cover St. Cloud a lot. So he's been really good so far, uh, a good goalie, a solid goalie. Before this at CC, he didn't have the best stats, but CC wasn't a great team the past few years. So he's been doing really good this year and a, and a good prospect to have if you're a Chicago fan. Amazing. All right. Another, another goalie, Drew Camesso, Boston University. Yeah. So this is their other goaltender and another really good goaltender to have in your pipeline. I think if you're Chicago, Camesso was a second round pick. So way higher than, than Bassey was uh, just in the draft wise six foot two. So again, pretty, pretty good height. He's a junior at BU. He's got an 
0.910 in 14 games this year, about two and a half goals against average. He was a former national team guy, so uh, a really high-level goaltender there, and I believe he's also on the Richter award list. So two really solid goalies. We got another one who you know could potentially be making some noise here. It's Ryan Green, a center from Boston University, so Camasso's teammate. Yeah, so two players here from BU. Green's a six foot one center. He was a, a second round pick, so pretty high level again. And he had a really good year in the USHL last year, almost a point per game. And now as a freshman, again, like we said with Halliday, this is really hard to do. Almost a point per game now in college. He's got 16 and in, in 18, which is hard to do as a freshman. Uh, so a really good uh, player, first year player in the NCAA. And it'll be exciting to see where he goes. Amazing. All right. Well, one that's you know, tragically uh, a, a tragic case. We're on to our next one here is Frank Nazar, you know, 13th overall pick this year was, you know, like a very, you know, highly touted guy. He's been injured and it's not sure if we get to play at all this season. Yeah. So I heard that they thought some reports I've read said maybe he would be able to play late in the season. But at that point, you know, if you're risking him keeping the injury or just re-injuring it. I, it sounds like I would assume he likely won't play this year. Plus, if he hasn't played any games, just have him get ready and, and tear it up next season, you know? Uh, but yeah, kind of unfortunate he hasn't been able to play for Michigan at all, but he's got the talent. You don't become the 13th overall pick for no reason. He is a little bit on the smaller side, five foot nine, but he's still really, really good and had really, really good success with the national team a couple years ago. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to Logan Slaggart of Notre Dame. Yeah, so this is a player, Slaggart, I feel like is kind of actually having a little bit of a disappointing season. I've I've read some people say that. Uh, he's a six foot forward, was a third round pick a couple years ago, was on the national team. And now this year he only has four points in 20 games. And I don't read too much into that just because Notre Dame has been really like up and down and has kind of been an odd team this year. Uh, but he just hasn't really been producing as many points as he has in the past. He had 26 points in 40 games last year. So we'll sort of see if he has, he picks it up and has a better second half. I mean, he was a world junior cup player and I think people had really high hopes for Landon Slagert. And then this season it's kind of just been a little different. So we'll see what the second half has in store for him. Amazing. All right. Ryder Rolston, another fantastic hockey name, uh, fifth round pick in 2020. Yeah, so he's related to the other hockey Rolstons. Uh, I know there's a couple of them, uh, but he's six foot two. Like you said, fifth round pick. Also was a national team guy. It looks like Chicago really likes the national team mm -hmm. uh, players. They got quite a few of them. He's also a junior at Notre Dame, so teammates with Slaggart. But uh, his production's been pretty good this year. 15 points in 21 games, so pretty good, especially for a Notre Dame team that's been kind of up and down. And has had pretty good production at, at uh, college so far, so I think he's a pretty decent uh, forward prospect. Absolutely right. Then we got Connor Kelly from Providence. Yeah, so Providence has a, a pair of defensemen that actually play on a line together for Chicago. So that's kind of advantageous if you're an NHL team to your guys already getting playing time together. But uh, Connor Kelly, six foot one, was a seventh rounder and also, again, a national team guy. He's not really somebody that's going to be putting up crazy points. I think he has five and 15 right now, but he's not somebody who's like super like offensively he's not like a super offensively minded player. He gets some points, but he's not going to be putting up like crazy numbers. Uh, but he's had an interesting journey. He played two years with Minnesota Duluth and now is at Providence. So we'll see how this year ends up shaping up for him at, uh, at a new school, but really good player. Now. I mean, the other half of his line is Tage Harding and something about players named Tage. <laughs> they just have to be gigantic. This guy is six foot seven, 229 yeah. pounds. 
He's a third rounder uh, from 2021. Yeah, I had to double check his height and weight because when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds absolutely massive. And yeah, he's just a, he's just a big defenseman, third round pick uh, last or 2020 in 2021. I guess I forgot it's 2023 now, uh, but he's a sophomore. He has a little bit, a little more points than uh, Kelly does, but he has a couple more games played. So sort of we'll see how that shakes out but 10 points in 22 and he's had also kind of an interesting journey it looks like last year he played half in the AJHL and then was brought on to the NCAA so there's always a couple of those players that get brought on kind of late I think for the second semester type of deal so I think that's what happened with him but he's been pretty good so far and Harding and Kelly already getting time together they're playing on the same they're the, they're on the same D pairing right now for Providence which is cool well, if you thought we were nearing the end of the list, we are not. I have bad news for you. Um, we have Wyatt Kaiser from Minnesota Duluth. Yeah, so again, another pair of players here. I'm just trying to go team to team. Wyatt Kaiser, uh, a name I think a lot more people have become aware of here in the past year or two. Six-foot defenseman, third-round pick in 2020. He's currently on the top D pairing for Minnesota Duluth. They've also been a team that's been really up and down this year, but he's been a really good player for them. He's a junior. He was a World Junior Cup player last summer. And currently has seven points in 18 games, so pretty good. Uh, but last year he had really a lot better points production. He had 19 and 34. But again, I wouldn't look too much into that just because Minnesota Duluth's been up and down. But I really like Wyatt Kaiser. I think he's a fun player to watch. Absolutely. Then we got Dominic James again from Minnesota Duluth. Yeah, and another player that was also a, a World Juniors player, and he's centering the first line right now. He's six foot, was a sixth-round pick. Uh, last year as a freshman, he had a really, really good uh, season, which pretty much led to part of why he was drafted this last year. He had eight, 18 points in 39 games as a freshman, and now he has 13 and 18, and he's second in total points right now for Minnesota Duluth, which is really good. He's one of their you know main main players, one of their main scorers for the team right now. Incredible. All right. Slava Demon, Demin, Demon, um, from Merrimack, who's originally drafted by Vegas. Yeah, so this is kind of an interesting story, too. So six foot two defenseman. He is on his third school right now. And I think it's kind of an interesting story. He played three years, I believe it was, for Denver. Uh, and then he transferred from Denver to UMass, who UMass, that's the year after they won the national championship. So I, I'm sure he's thinking, like, okay, I'm gonna go to the team that won the national championship. And then the year he transferred to UMass, Denver won. So he just transferred from the team that won. Uh, you know, that's I'd be kind of sad if that happened to me. You transfer and then immediately your old team wins. So I'd be kind of sad. But now he's at Merrimack and, uh, and is actually doing really well. He's kind of having his like arguably best season with Merrimack, who have been our team to watch before. Merrimack's had some really good wins. They're doing really good in the pairwise. Uh, I believe this is his last year of eligibility, though, so I assume he'd have to go pro after this. He's got 12 points in 21 games, and, yeah, I think he's having his, his best season so far at his third school. All right. Uh, go, going over to forward now, Aiden Thompson of Denver. Yeah, this is a prospect I've heard quite a bit about in the past year or so. He's five foot eleven, so not like the tallest guy, but still pretty decent height. Uh, was a third round pick, and he had a really, really good year in the USHL last year, which I think brought a lot of buzz to his name. Uh, he's a freshman, and again, it's hard to put up a point per game as a freshman, but he has twelve points in 14 games so getting close almost at that point per game mark uh, and obviously Denver is a really really good team so to be able to be playing on that squad and and be putting up points is a really good sign absolutely then we got Jake Wise Ohio State 
Yeah, so we just talked about uh, Halliday a couple minutes back as our player to watch. So this is the other uh, player who's tied for team lead on the points. So he's five foot ten, center, third round pick, another former national team player. So again, so many of them. Uh, he's in his fifth year, so I believe this is his last year he can play college. He played three with BU and then two with Ohio State. Again, 21 points, 22 games, almost a point per game. And last year he had 28 and 35. So pretty good uh, points production there, and uh, I believe this will be his last season of college hockey. All good things must come to an end. Um, speaking of which, we are nearing the end of the list here. We got Liam Gorman of Princeton. Yeah, so this is a player that uh, I had to do some research on. I wasn't really too familiar with him. So six foot two was a six round pick. Uh, he has 13 points in 17 games. I think this is like his best season he's been having so far, or I think it will be at least when the season's over. Uh, and this is a player that I, I'm not sure if he would elect to try and do a fifth year or not of college because the Ivy Leagues uh, didn't play in COVID. So he is technically a senior, but he's only played three years. But the Ivy Leagues also typically don't allow graduate students to play fifth years. So I assume he could play fifth year, but he'd have to transfer and enter the transfer portal. So we'll see what the future has in store for Liam Gorman. He's had good points production, but I think he would probably uh, maybe need some more development before he tries to to go pro because he hasn't had the best uh best numbers out of the people in this list there's some pretty competitive names in this list i feel like so yeah absolutely all right the penultimate name in this list is <laughs> nils youngthrop or youngthrop of dubuque of the ushl yeah it is a swedish name so i've i couldn't even tell you i'm sure my swedish pronunciation is not good but six foot one six round pick from this year he's in his first ushl season uh with dubuque this year it's going pretty well he has 14 points in 25 games. I feel like some players come into the USHL and they don't do very well, but he's been doing pretty good. He still could play another season of junior hockey. I think he's still eligible for one more season, but he's still uncommitted to a collegiate program uh, as far as I know. So we'll sort of see because if it's not in the next few months, I assume that means he's going to play USHL for one more year and then head into the NCAA, but we'll see. All right. And then finally, we saved one of the best for last year. It's Sam Rinzel of Waterloo, the USHL. He was one of the Blackhawks' many first-round uh, selections in the latest draft. Yeah, so first-round pick this year, a name a lot of people have become familiar with over the last year. He's a big guy, six foot four. He's committed to Minnesota. From everything I've heard, I assume he's going to be going to Minnesota this next season in the fall. Uh, and obviously, Minnesota, we've talked about it. They have a lot of really good prospects coming coming in uh, they have a lot of good prospects in their pipeline and he's been doing pretty good he's got 15 points in 25 games for waterloo and he did play in the world junior a challenge and had almost a point per game there five points in six games so uh really really good defenseman and i assume we'll be seeing him in the ncaa in the fall all right and that brings us to the end of the there's American a lot pipeline. that was a lot <laughs> a lot but of prospects the chicago blackhawks are really doubling tripling quadrupling down on the american pipeline as we like they to must call just it, love the college and the ushl players i guess you know what it, it, you know if you like something you like something you know it's fine i guess so, so good for them um lots of great players there uh so yeah if you and the thing is too before we end off, if you want to watch full-length episodes and explore past episodes of all of the Hockey News' wonderful podcasts, uh, including this one, um, you can always go to THN.com slash podcast uh, to do all that. Sydney, it's been a pleasure, and we will be back next week.